This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hello, you're listening to Animal Party on Pet Life Radio, and we've got Dr. Jory Bachnick, all the way from Toronto. Hello. He peeled himself away from uh, the Raptors fan club to be here, and he's going to be talking about some vet topics, including vaccines and flea meds and some important things, but in the meantime... I had 10 puppies born yesterday, so somehow I'll fit that into the show, too. Yeah, 10 golden doodle puppies, and all well and good. And the one from yesterday that I was so worried about that was so small is actually a pound today. So she gained weight. Woohoo! And she's almost as big as the others, almost. Well, that's stretching it, but well, she's gaining, right? Every day counts. It's a testament to your skill. This, fortunately <laughs> for her, it's not your first rodeo. No, but you know what? I'm not bottle feeding her. I'm just giving her more opportunity to nurse than the others, putting her in over and over and over and over. So it, I'm not it, having to bottle feed her. No, you're not, but you're having to sit there. The, the work involved, what people don't understand is the amount of dedication and work that goes into breeding. If you don't live it, breathe it, and love it, you can't, in my opinion, you can't be a good breeder. I don't have that kind of passion that you've got to have you know i understand the medicine but you're there all night making sure she's nursing keeping her from getting stepped on bullied by the other puppy that's that's awesome you're the bomb (laughs) (laughs) just saying thank you if you okay so i'm going to be posting pictures and if people are wondering why one puppy has a red string around its neck and another puppy has a pink string around its neck it's because i'm Weighing the red puppy, the one with the red string is the littlest, littlest, littlest one. So I'm weighing it all the time. But in order to make sure that it's gaining as much and evenly and kind of in sync with its litter mates, I picked a control puppy, another one sort of similar, but healthier, bigger, more robust, but almost the same, another small female. And so I'm measuring them together. So if you're wondering, why do those two have strings on them? That's that's the reason. (laughs) But that's awesome. And that's that's a perfect example. You and I were talking the other day about you know, people make decisions on where they get their information from. I mean, you know more about animal breeding and husbandry in your left hand than I probably have in my entire body. You know, but but people will ask their friend, cousin, neighbor, pet store clerk about, well, I'm thinking of breeding my dog, what do you think? Where the best person for that kind of advice is someone like yourself who's been living, breathing, doing this for how long? Yeah, long <laughs> you know? Time. Okay, so I'm not young. Thank you very much. But no, I have been doing it a long, long time, and I love it. But I do occasionally come into situations, like recently I actually called you, because I I had this conundrum. I wanted to give this uh, very pregnant dog, who's a standard poodle, about 45 pounds normally. She was pregnant, so she was about 60 pounds. And I wanted to give her a flea treatment, a preventative flea treatment. And I went to the different makes and models. You know, I had all the packages in front of me, and... Some didn't say anything about nursing mothers and pregnant mothers. Some said, consult your vet. Some said it was okay. Uh, Some had expiry dates. Some had no expiry dates. I went on the web 
and looked up things and found all kinds of different information, you know, from statements that they never expire to that they do expire to that they're dangerous when expired to never use on a pregnant dog. All this stuff was like contradicting itself. So as expert as I am, I still couldn't get to the bottom of it. And my vet's recommendation wasn't a very good one. It was something that would only work for two days and then I'd have to redo it and redo it and redo it. And no, I don't want to do that. So I got a suggestion from you. So sometimes, you know, you just have to go to the vets because that's where the latest technical information is. And, but and that's so, also, what is, yeah, but that's yeah. also about, that's my area versus your area. And that's why for a lot of some things, you, you pool the two experts because nobody can know everything there is to know about anything. And anyone who says they does is not the person <laughs> you should be getting your information from. But, uh, that's but that's what I do. That's what you're, that's what even, even though you may disagree with your vet, they're giving you their best advice given the situation on the research and stuff that they've done because how long have you, you've been with your vet for so long, all they mm-hmm. want is for your pets to be healthy, happy, and for everyone to be well. You know, so that's their bias is that, and they're going to do the research that they have to do to be able to provide you with the best information that they have so that you don't have to call them saying, I gave this medication and now this has happened. You well, know? and now my vet, like you say, I mean, different experts are sometimes closed-minded. My vet isn't. He was very excited to hear about this product and will now be ordering it for other uh, pregnant dogs. So he's open to learning and that's what you want, right? But okay, so let's break it down for people. I know that there's a lot on the internet kind of warning people away from certain flea products, certain makes and manufacturers. Some scares have happened. Uh, A lot of times people use the dog product on cats, which is deadly. And you should never, ever do that. But other than that, is there something we should be worrying about, about products on the market? Are there things on the market we might buy for fleas that actually are toxic or dangerous? Well, I would actually view all the products that we use as that are anti-parasite as dangerous, you know, because their job is to get rid of things that are living. Now, some of them are geared for very specific functions in a parasite's body, which make them safer, or some of them are like a hormone that interrupt a cycle in a parasite. But here's how I look at them, is when when vets investigate the products that they want to carry, we do a fair bit of research, and we require peer-reviewed studies that they produce. They take these products, put them on, on a pedestal, and then they test the heck out of them, and then those studies are reviewed. And if I'm going to be selling a product, you better be darn sure that I'm going to make sure that it will, A, be safe, and B, do what it says it's supposed to do. And so that's why we we carry them. Things that you should really be wary of are internet sales. Because nobody Mm -hmm. knows what's truly in the package, where it was stored, how it was stored, and what you're truly getting. Or the biggest thing that I have trouble with right now is people who are trying to use a lot of natural remedies, for instance, for parasite control. Now, if you look at my criteria, are they safe? Yes, they're safe, but quasi-safe. And the reason I say that is, is when you peer review these products, and they've done this many times, where they Mm -hmm. take them, put them up against a control, and they find that out of all the natural remedies that people use for fleas or ticks, the control is as good or better than the treatment. Does so that, that means- include diatomaceous earth by mouth and yep. on body? 
Oh, it does. Yep, okay. It does. And the okay. reason because that's I say the that new one, right? That's look, the new one everyone's talking about. And it and does work on chickens remarkably well. The reason I say that it is can be dangerous is if people are using a product, whether it's bee pollen, diatomaceous earth, yeast, uh, et cetera, et cetera, garlic, which is deadly to dogs, you're giving yourself the impression that you're actually being preventative, that you're actually doing something, which means you won't be alert to the fact that you, your treatment may not actually work. And so you, the biggest issue right now is ticks and Lyme disease in humans. Now, right. for veterinarians, the good news is my populations are pretty resistant to Lyme disease, but humans are not. So you treat your dog with a product that is likely not going to do anything. You're not mindful. Dog comes in the house with ticks, and I just took 10 off of one of these little guys yesterday. Oh, and man. Now you've got the, and how many people have their dogs in their beds? Uh. Now you've got those ticks in your beds. What happens when you get bit? So you're, you're, you're not being mindful. So I would rather you do nothing. If people are opposed to putting potentially toxic substances, and let's call it for what it is they are, on their pets, I understand that, then do nothing and be mindful. If the, the only natural, I call it a natural remedy that I truly believe works, is if you go to the dollar store, which is the best place to buy them, you know those lint rollers that are like tape that you peel off after Yeah, you? yeah. If you take your dogs for a walk, roll their bodies with the lint rollers. Ticks will stick to it and you'll see. So you'll A, know if you have to be mindful. You may not get them all, but you'll get a few. And so you know what's happening and you know to be mindful. And you know if you get one, it's obviously not going to be the first one. So you know to start looking. So that is, in my opinion, the safest possible natural remedy you can do for your pet, which is roll their body with a lint roll. Okay, but then you have the pets and you see them more than I do. I do see them out here, though, at Camp Good Dog once in a while. But they're the pets that come with prednisone, the pets that are bald half the year because they pick it themselves because they've got some kind of allergic reaction or intense, sure. extreme thing. They get one flea bite and boom, they just itch themselves to death. And 100%. even if the person's immaculate, they walk through a dog park or a grassy field or they pet somebody else's dog or they visit a pet store or whatever. They get a flea on them. The flea bites their dog. Now their dog's bald. Okay, yeah. so <laughs> what are these people supposed to do? Because you don't want your dog on prednisone, do you? Not well, always. What, it, well, it really depends. What you really okay. got to do is go to your vet and get the best product for your animal. So, for instance, there's topicals versus orals. And we research our company. So, for me, I like Brevetco. It's one of my go-to products. It's made by Merck. I like it because it's a once every three months and I'm not that on top of it all the time. And so it's easy to give, very broad spectrum, exceptionally effective. However, there's another product called Advantix. And the mm -hmm. reason why you need more than one is I have three dogs. Two of them take orals. My Dalmatian vomits on everything. So the dog oh. I would like to give an oral product to, her, because she's so fine-furred and white. Yeah, it stains, huh? Does. Uh. For three days, she had a little brown spot, but <laughs> clinic every day, she's in the woods all the time, you yeah. know, and all my dogs, I find something on them. So you really want to go, you want to talk to your vet about what your exposure is, what is your risk, what are the risks in your environment, and then what products do they recommend that can keep you as protected as possible. And, and that's why I would do it that way. And then, but then I have people saying, well, I can buy certain products online really, really cheap. And the answer to that, it's true. 
But the problem with those products is a lot of times we don't know where they're stored and are you getting what is actually on the box? And we find more often than not that is not the case. It's outdated, expired, etc., etc. Or we had uh, the last big hurricane that went through the United States. A lot of this stuff was in the warehouse where the hurricanes ripped through. They got wind and rain damage, sold really cheaply on the black market, and now people are selling them on Amazon. So yeah, you no, the, for sure. You got to you got to know your source. Careful. And think about how many times you see something like I've gone up to a gas station to get gas and I've seen stacks of the plastic water bottles stored in the sunshine while they're unloading them for hours, though. You know, like you could just see it's there the next is the one I drive by later. And so how healthy is that water? Not very well, healthy. Sure. <laughs> or the vitamins. You go to the vitamin store and they've got like acidophilus and things that need to be in the fridge, but they're not. So don't even get me started about supplements. <laughs> I mean- okay, everybody, we're gonna we're gonna go to a break and come back and talk about supplements. And also, you know, so many people are not vaccinating their children. What is wrong with them now? They've got the measles. What about your dogs, your cats? Do you really need the vaccines? We'll be back with Dr. Jory after the break. Stay tuned. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Dynavite is nutrition. Pick up two bottles of Lico Chops. Get the third bottle free. New improved Lico Chops with omega-3, omega-6, vitamin E. And now, six extra direct-fed microbials. Even better for the digestive tract and immune system. Try Lico Chops. Buy two, get one free. At Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Hello, we're back on Animal Party, Pet Life Radio with Dr. Jory in from Toronto. Hello, Dr. Jory. So, all right. Yeah, I'm great. So, we're talking about. Well, we kind of hinted at the vaccine topic. Let's go with that. Sure. Okay. What do you think? What do you think about pets? Are they over-vaccinated? Are they well, under-vaccinated? I think, I think Will they get autism if we vaccinate them? Actually, I've been asked that question. <laughs> really, I, you know, I, know. I, I think over-vaccination is a word like fake news. It's a created word to feed a narrative. The purpose of vaccines are to keep our animals healthy. I, I kind of look at vaccines like seatbelts. This is a really good uh, analogy. Do people get killed by their seatbelts if they're in a terrible accident? Occasionally, yes. However, millions are saved by their seatbelts. So should you not buckle yourself into your seat? Yes. For uh, As a veterinarian, my job is to, at best, keep your animals from getting sick. If you never have to come to me, except once a year or so for a wellness checkup and some advice as they get older, then I'm really doing my job and we're having a charmed life because you're, we're keeping your animal well. Our animals are living longer, like a Labrador or a Golden Doodle would have been considered old at nine, you know, 15 years ago. Now our dogs are living 14, 15. I've got two little dogs who are 20 and 20 one staying with me for a couple days in the clinic. It's not the really cool surgeries that are doing this. It's nutrition and wellness. We feed them well and we keep them from getting sick. And vaccines are an absolute pillar of prevention. It's just the way it goes. And Okay, but l- are we over-vaccinating? Like it seems pretty... Well, what does over-vaccinating... Sometimes, what does well, that mean? Sometimes you get a rabies shot and you have to come back in a year. That's yep. when they're puppies. But sometimes three or four years. I've even seen seven years. 
And it depends on, but it also that just really depends on what type of vaccine you're using. We okay. we pers- we stayed with a one year vaccine for a while until we found one that we felt was was providing us with the protection we wanted, and and a lot of, not a lot of associated discomfort with the injection. So we've got a, a now a three year rabies. You know, if you're doing wildlife, you're only going to get a crack at that wildlife once. Or well, maybe that's twice. what I wondered, right? You got a little feral cat. It's only eight, ten pounds. You vaccinate it once. How come I can't get that for my dog so I don't have to keep coming back? Or uh, be- Because there's a substantial difference in price for some of those vaccines. Um, they're not as comfortable because the media that you got to keep it in could be acidic. And so the reaction when you give that vaccine mm-hmm. initially to generate that kind of immune response is more yeah. vigorous and people aren't happy with it. You know, okay. like for me... For instance, influenza bordetella, which is a very common vaccine that we give, comes in an intranasal form and an injectable form. Right. I find that the dogs resent the injection a lot, a lot more than the intranasal form. So I per- have a preference for the intranasal. Also, I also have a preference on how the vaccines work. Again, this is why you want to come to your vet for your vaccine and not someone else for that matter, because we look at how they work, why they work, and what the overall protective rate is, and then we choose our stuff for it. Because we don't want you getting sick See, and coming, going, and yelling at us because, well, you did this stuff, and how come? So the Bordetella, I remember when everyone had it, the nose-administered type. Yep. Like It's basically like when you've got a blocked nose, and you put a spray in your nose, and you squeeze it, and then you breathe. But the dog, most of them seem to sneeze it right back out. Once it's in, it's in. They're okay. Actually, and what's okay. nice now is they also have a form that you can actually spray into their mouth. It really depends. A golden doodle who's sitting there breathing at you is a piece of cake. Uh, yeah, yeah. A little min pin, well, mm-hmm. maybe not so easy. <laughs> but, you know, you have to pick and choose your customer. Okay. So, okay. So, we've talked a little bit about vaccines. And I, mean, I want to talk about something that happened that I heard about on the news. And I was at first I was really happy. And then I was like, no, 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 that can't be right. OK, so docking and cropping. These are yes. cosmetic surgeries that people do to make their dogs usually look tougher. It's usually just for looks. It used to be necessary for the show ring. And so you can imagine everyone listening, you know, the poodle with its fluffy little tiny tail with a little bob on it looks sort of like a Q-tip. Well, that's a thing of the past because all my poodles since I've been breeding have had the big long tail. And um, that's okay. It, it curves up behind them and it's awfully cute. And it's accepted in the show ring now. And so over the years, there's been kind of a movement where sometimes the veterinary uh, medical boards have led the way and said, you know what, you want to keep your insurance, you can't dock and crop anymore in our area. And that started on Vancouver Island and some other places in Canada, and now it's spread to Ontario. So I was listening to this thinking, okay, good, they're not docking and cropping anymore. But is it true they're not tattooing either? I think a lot of people are moving from tattoos to microchips. And I think the reason that they're doing that primarily is because tattoos become challenging to read two, three years out. And the microchip is always there. And if you can't, I mean, no matter where you go now, every vet, um, a lot of groomers, and every humane society slash pound will have a scanner. So with and the amount of information in that chip is just so good that I'm finding animals getting returned to their owners is so much faster with a microchip than with than with a tattoo. I understand that. I just feel a little uncomfortable with this choice because I think anything that makes it harder to return lost pets is not a good thing. And, you know, tattoos, 
it's so cheap when you're getting your dog or cat neutered when it's out anyway, 10 bucks extra, something like that. They'll put a tattoo on it. And if you, you think your cat is very individual and very unique, but if you saw a poster of cats just like yours, there's probably a thousand in your neighborhood that looked at it would be very, very difficult for you or anyone else to find your cat from a photograph after it's lost. But from a tattoo, it could help. And I understand that microchip is better. But in one dog that I, the last dog I ever microchipped, the microchip moved like a lot. It's in his foot now. It's somewhere on one of his legs down near the bottom. And it was put into his neck when he was very young. And that makes me uncomfortable that it's I moving th- around. I kind of view that, that but that's also like the seatbelt, right? <laughs> it's, you know, you may get one where they migrate, but the vast majority of them are where we put them and they're inert. You know, so they're not causing any issues, but the ability to find your dog because they get your name, phone number, address, they get my, your vets, usually and your emergency contact person who's usually your vet because that's who's almost always going to be open, their name, phone number, and email. You get all that information so fast. Some, I mean, I can't tell you how many times a week we get a call, hey, I found this dog. Can we come in? We come in, we scan, we call, they get picked up. With a tattoo, now you got to put it on your Facebook page and so-and-so is here and it has a tattoo. It kind of looks like this. It has a... <laughs> Three, but it might have been an eight, and you know. And I understand. I understand. I just the you know I would say do both. I am totally not opposed to tattooing. Right. Um, You know, especially when it's done in a nice way. You know, but um, I think one versus the other. I think you can't. I can't think you can't compare the utility of the microchip, especially if you travel. You know, let's say you go to Florida, and bingo, your dog gets away from you. Tattoo is not going to be very useful. That microchip, you'll get reunited within 24, 48 hours and nothing bad happens. Okay. Wow. Okay. You're an advocate <laughs> of the microchip. I don't I'm know if you should me, but okay. So we need to go to another break. We're going to go to break and come back and I'm going to ask you about crow poop because I think it's a big problem here and I don't know if it's a problem there. Stay tuned, everybody, to Animal Party on Pet Life Radio. everyone, Michelle Fern here. You know how they say you are what you eat? Well, guess what? Same is true for your fur babe. Did you know that 80% of the immune system is influenced by the gut and that supporting the immune system through proper diet and digestive health helps your pet to better fight environmental allergies? It's true. I have a grandpa dog, as I call him. Mr. Z is now 14. And over the years, you know, he's had his issues, but lately he's had a lot of allergies. And I've recently put him on a solid gold diet, and I have noticed a major difference. His arthritis, doggy arthritis, doesn't seem to bother him as much. His old dog nose has healed up very nicely. He just has a different kind of a spirit. He just seems overall better. And I attribute that to what he's eating, his solid gold food. Solid gold foods are different than a lot of the pet foods out there because they cleanse the digestive system with whole superfoods, they're balanced with living probiotics, and they're fueled with omega-3 and 6 fatty acids, which supports gut health and nourishes your pet inside and out. And right now, Solid Gold is offering an amazing offer to all of our listeners Yep, right now you can get 30% off your first order by visiting solidgoldpet.com slash petlife. 
That's solidgoldpet.com slash petlife for 30% off your first order. Go ahead and take advantage of this great offer. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> Hello, we're back on Animal Party Pet Life Radio with Dr. Jory Bachnick, right Jory? Hello, how are you? I'm good. Okay, so everybody, in Vancouver we have a lot of crows, especially in Burnaby. And dogs get extremely ill from eating their feces, their droppings. In Now, I don't have it here where I live on my farm, but in some cities crows are quite the menace. Do you have this situation in Ontario? Have you dealt with any dogs who've gotten terribly ill from this? From crows, no. We, we, for us, it's more um, goose than oh, anything okay. else. Okay. And what is it that makes them so ill? It really depends. One of the things is parasites that they carry. Another thing is the bacteria that's in that poop. Those would be the most common things, but uh, I'm not particularly up on crow poop in specifics. Okay. Well, let me you just can't be up here. on everything. Well, That's okay. I, you know, let's just see. Crow feces dogs. I'm not sure. I would be thinking it would be either bacterial or parasitic, and I'm not sure if crows out west have a particular parasite that they don't have out here, or you've just got a lot more of them than we do. For us, try to walk on a golf course and not step on goose poop in Ontario, and I think it's next to impossible. Okay, that's what it's like with the crows in certain places here. Yeah, and um, they're very interesting birds, though. They really are. There's one that rides the bus. There's another that, honestly, and there's there's another, I mean, regularly, gets on the same stop, gets off the same stop, the whole thing. And there's another one that uh, intimidates people in, in a particular block, downtown Vancouver, where there's quite affluent people trying to get to work in suits, running, shown on the news sometimes. Very funny. Um, <laughs> but uh, we also have the otter versus koi battle that nobody else had this year. And I'm happy to, to tell you that the koi have been put back in and there's all these barriers up against the otters. So we <laughs> shall see. We shall uh, see. Uh, my money's on the otters. My money's, my money's on, the on the otters too. Absolutely. The when the rainy season comes and the creeks flood and the riverbeds flood and the otters can travel there, they'll be back. That's my prediction because koi tastes good. But uh, okay, so we have to end the show right now. And uh, I know, I know. But we're going to have another one. We're going to do another one real soon and post right. it real soon. So don't worry, everybody. We'll have Dr. Jory back. He's from the Abbotsford Animal Hospital in, well, just north of Toronto, right? In Aurora, yep, that's where we are. And how can people find you online? You can go to our website, Abbotsford Animal Hospital. It's pretty easy to find. Our Facebook page is there. And come if you drive up Young Street, you can't miss our windmill. Young Street. Oh, man, I remember Young Street. <laughs> Many a day spent when I should have been in class riding the subway up and down Young Street looking for trouble. I remember Young Street. Well, okay, everybody. We're going to have to say goodbye and end the party right now, but we'll be back. We're going to have another show soon, and I'm going to talk about blood donors because things have changed a lot in the dog world in the last few years, and I want to talk about that and a few other topics on our next show. So so look out for that. I'll be posting the show on my Facebook site, Deb Wolf Pet Expert. But if you want to see these newborn puppies, and I'm sure you do, Little Miss Red Ribbon and Little Miss Pink Ribbon and all the others, and Happy Mama, uh, you can check us out at Camp Good Dog on Facebook. And I'm going to be posting some videos 
probably of the birth and some other videos pretty soon on my YouTube site, Deb Wolf Pet Expert on YouTube. So check those out too. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Jory. You're most welcome. I look forward to seeing you again. Okay. Thank you. And for, to everybody out there from Pet Life Radio and me and Dr. Jory, be good to your animals. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.